Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Public Access America. We are just moments away from airing our live stream, which is Sunday mornings, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're waiting for Jeffrey, and I just pushed record a little bit early so I could let you know about some house cleaning stuff before we get started with the conversation. Uh, Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. We have a new episode out with the kitchen lady, the blind kitchen lady. She's pretty cool. Um, Frederick Kitchenette, if you would like to follow her, check out the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Podcast Addict. It's a great conversation that doesn't focus around blindness or disability, but is incorporated into the conversation. So it's kind of an interesting and unique take on life. So I love it. Also, don't forget to listen to Public Access America everywhere. Um, Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Public Access Pod. We're promoting um, candidates, progressive Democratic candidates um, featured uh, from Run for Something and Emily's List, as long as well as the National Immigrant Justice Center, which is really important if you want information on what's going on on the border, as well as with the refugees and um, all the stuff that the administration is doing for that. And finally, finally, may I get lost sometimes. Finally, don't forget to listen to the Unsigned Countdown, which is now streaming everywhere. You can ask your Google device to play the latest episode. And Jeffrey joined us, which was really kind of cool. Jeffrey from uh, Public Access America here. And Adam has a beard, Adam Gonzalez. The three of us got together to talk about metal music. And turns out we we talked a lot about a lot of music, always about music and what we like, what we don't like, what's funny to us and and um, production, all that stuff. And we all kind of picked a song, our favorite songs, and we played them and talked about them and Yay! Nobody hated my song, and I thought they would. So, uh, thank you to Red Soaking Wet for being my featured artist. And um, listen for more 
because we're going to be doing that every Thursday. Adam Gonzalez and I are going to be streaming, maybe, maybe streaming, maybe not streaming, but definitely putting out episodes every Friday. So that's kind of cool. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. I'm going to send the link to Jeffrey now. So I'm going to hit pause and then I'm going to hit record again once we start the live stream. Check out the live stream on Public Access America on YouTube. Thanks. I'm Jason. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people and another 10. We did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, shame on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believe them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. Uh, reactions. All right. Hey, how are you doing, Jeffrey? Oh, it has been a nice warm day up here in the Pacific Northwest. Congratulations. Yeah, yesterday we were like... I don't know, almost 85 here. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, hey, summer, uh, giving us a preview, huh? It's beautiful. Here it's like 41 degrees, and then all of a sudden it's 96. Like, there's no middle ground. <laughs> That's what I'm used to in eastern Montana. It's like, <clears throat> you get up in the morning, it's like, you know, 50 degrees. Then by about 10 o'clock in the morning, it's 100. And then it's yep. like 115, and it's like, well... Jeez. I moved in. I moved into my apartment in Florida in July. It was 115 degrees. I moved one bin up the stairs and laid for an hour <laughs> because it was just so hot. That sounds about right. Yeah. No, there yeah. was a, there was one particular summer. Um, we were working on um, one of our combines cause it had broken down and I go into the shop uh to get started early because it's going to be warm at six o'clock in the morning it's already you know 85 degrees right like, oh this is gonna be fun today <laughs> by 10 o'clock it was over 100 and i had to run to go get parts mm -hmm. so 
I go and I, I get the parts picked up and, you know, cherish every moment that I'm sitting in the air conditioner because we definitely don't have anything like that in the shop. Right. And I, I finally get the parts picked up, get back at about 1030 to a note written on a cardboard box that says, screw this, I'm going inside somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I drove a forklift for a good portion of my working life, you know, and mm -hmm. I had to wear steel toed boots and a forklift is about 900 degrees, you know, and then you have to drive into a truck that's been like sealed for like weeks. And I always wish there was like air conditioned boots, you know, I, I don't know. There's plenty of room in the soul. Just put an air conditioner in there, please. You know? Oh, it's been, it's, you know, it's crazy what they're figuring out. You know, like, I don't know if you've seen like those heater vests that they have now where you can just plug them in by USB and charge them. Oh. I'm just, you know, I wonder like at some point if, if they'll ever figure out the technology to do that with like, say, you know, air conditioned vests and, and yeah. boots and things like that, because man, uh, that would be nice, especially like on those long, like I used to work you know, when I worked for the USDA, I would work you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day out in the sun. And there were some places where, I mean, it was just brutally hot. Yeah, no, it totally is. And that's why they take a siesta in Mexico. Cause that's the hottest part of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, screw this. I ain't yeah. staying awake for this crap. Right. I'll work at night. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll take care of the pigs later. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us on the unsigned countdown. That was kind of cool. Oh, that was fun. I love music. Me too. I really do. Uh, I did the, I did all the housekeeping before you got here. I did a little recording and told people to go check that out because we all got to pick like one of our songs, one of our favorite songs. And we talked a lot about a, a lot of fun stuff and I, I love Adam. So I'm, I oh, had a good time. I, 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 I genuinely love music. It's, it's one of those things where it, there's just something magical about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I put more stock into the music that seems to take an emotional toll on the artist as opposed to a profitability standpoint. You know what I mean? Well, you can also hear the difference, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's one thing where, you know, even with some popular artists, you're just kind of like, you hear their, their hit songs and you're like, that's uh, pretty boring. Yeah, right. Lots of repetitive, but then they'll do one where it's like, you know, that they got to like, pick what mm -hmm. they were going to do and then you're like okay not my style but that sounds a lot better right i asked somebody once would you sell out to be you know to be famous and it was a great question on the unsigned countdown and a lot of people were like hell no and i was i took the katie perry approach <laughs> you know she was discovered just playing in a subway right and then somebody said we're gonna put this apparatus on you and you're gonna make millions and i figured she could always like run her contract out and then be like i'm gonna go back to the subway and have my millions so yes i would sell out <laughs> well i mean if she'll never be able to go back to the subway though that's the thing is like with that kind of fame you just don't end up getting to do that kind of stuff there's no? there's a there's a weird line of fame that you can cross and be able to go back and and very few people figure that out uh to me pink is all one of those artists that she has figured that out so like yeah. She, you know, has her dancey poppy stuff, her, you right. know, but, uh, she also has some good, you know, powerful stuff, but then she also did a side project with, uh, 
one of the guys who uh, was part of 311, I think. No, uh, no. Alexis on fire. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and it's called You and Me, and it's actually like it's really good. She's and always it's, been cool. And it's and it's it's definitely not either pink or you know Alexis on fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it was. I listened to it. I was like, wow. That's good cool. on her and good on you for listening. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I, I listened to Alexis on fire, you know, when I was younger and I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I forget cause he also has his own project and I'm blanking on what it is. That's all right. Um, That's fair enough. We jumped you on a spontaneous topic city in color. as we always do. Something I wouldn't, like I'm sorry, but yeah, no. It, and so it was like, you know, not quite my thing, but it was, really good like it was really impressive or like chris caraba who went from you know this relatively unknown uh further seems forever which is one of my favorites then did dashboard dashboard confessional which is amazing and then had a huge bunch uh, had a huge rack of hits with dashboard and then does his own like kind of folksy project with uh is it twin forks exactly and then goes back to further seems forever to do stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the dude made some serious money doing his music and he's yeah. been able to just kind of keep going across all these lines. And that's awesome. Like I, to me, that's one of those things that, you know, that we you know, turning this into the unsigned countdown, but yeah. uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about the fact of music today is, is that I think, I think that that's going to make artists who, you know, I would say maybe like me even who, you know, I love my death metal, but I love mm. doing some, some emo acoustic stuff. Oh, hell I yeah. love, I love just some good old fashioned rock and roll. You know, I, I love diversity. I also realized that there's, there's like, there's a recipe to making a hit song and it's repetition and it's Ugh. a certain time frame. And uh, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't mind the Ivana pops and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Somebody said, I'm not, I'm not depressed enough to listen to Billie Eilish. So I'm listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> it just made me Oof. laugh you know, I, because I Damn. love, I love the production value of both of them. Like I'm not, I'm not a big fan of how they create music by, you know, delegation but i really do like i do like the production on some of both of theirs and that's what's amazing to me oh uh, you know and 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 to me that's one of the one of the fantastic things about you know billy eilish is is that she took the record industry and turned it on its head yeah you're like oh crap now we got to go looking through all these other so so to me like any time that you take an established system and upend it Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is amazing. Like you saw that with hair metal moving into grunge, grunge completely upended hair yeah. metal, right? Punk, punk completely upended disco. Yep. You know, rap, rap upended everything. Rap upended everything. <laughs> and then T-Pain just upended rap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then, and then emo rap upended emo. And, uh, you know, to yeah. me, you know, to me, it's fantastic. And, and especially the fact that you now, like, you know, for me, it was like working my ass off to save up for a guitar and an amp and, mm-hmm. you know, 
a whole summer of just busting my ass and I bought this beautiful guitar and amp. Right. And I love every second of playing it, you know, and now it's, you know, for them, it's bust their ass to get a computer yep. and the, the software and the equipment spend a couple of days learning it. And then they're <laughs> over in their bedroom making hit songs. Well, that's or, the thing. <clears throat> The great thing about that is, is like you find a sample and start building a song around it and there's thousands of samples. So your songs are always going to be different, but they're also going to be similar in a way. And so, yeah, I just bought an iPad. Like that's how I became an artist. You know what I mean? I right. was like garage band. What's this? Oh, a repetitious guitar here. Hey, here's a metal sort of drum. All right. Now sing really crappy on it into your, into your iPad with no microphone. And that was my first hit song. Right. You know, and or uh was it this guy in afghanistan or not afghanistan uh uzbekistan i think Hmm. uh beck he took a rap song and just resampled it and and tuned it differently and sped it up and suddenly he wins a grammy because the dude is literally just a train just a train conductor not a conductor he's a he's a rail yard engineer essentially right right a track switcher and dude is like 23 years old and made a hit song that's had billions of listens it's all over tiktok and and advertisements and the dude literally just you know that's to me it's awesome and of course the guy who created the original song he's like you know what it's awesome he gets credit i get credit it's like both of us are are making bank on this to me that's awesome you know international collaboration in a way that you know, I my generation never thought possible. Mm-hmm. I always thought that if you took the sheet music for a popular song and played it and sang what you thought the words were, you would come up with a completely different yet still hit song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe. That's always entirely possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've definitely seen where people have taken a genre and turned it into a different genre. Yeah. You know, I mean some more famous uh, options are, you know, nine inch nails to Johnny cash. Mm-hmm. There, there's a new one. Um, Matchbox 20 is being sung by a female artist now, and it's all over TikTok, and women are just singing to it. And I'm like, wait, I know that song. Like that. No, that's Matchbox <sighs> 20. Like I liked that when it was Matchbox 20 and I was getting picked on for like in Matchbox 20. You know? <laughs> it's like, and then you're sitting there going, yeah, I remember listening to these songs 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Oh my right. god. <laughs> right. It used to be that a car was a classic car if it was over 25 years old. I'm 50. <laughs> there, and there's and there's no way you're ever going to tell me that a 92 Ford Taurus is a classic car. <laughs> right. It was the same thing with classic rock. I used in the 80s, I would always be like, "Well, what's classic rock?" cuz you're playing 1979 and it's 1986. Like how a foreigner's classic, right? But a new foreigner song, not so classic. You know what I mean? So right. how, how come you're playing the latest Tina Turner song? That's not classic. Just because she did Rolling on the River doesn't mean, uh, I don't know, whatever it was she put out in the 80s was also classic. You know? Right. No, it's uh, the way that music gets classified is so strange, though. Like, yeah. That's, and especially like the, the, so, you know like the inner genre hate that can happen like especially in the metal scene yeah. there's a bunch of elitist pricks out there you know when i was growing up it was mm-hmm. everybody shitting on deathcore but then you know everybody shit on nickelback too and and that ver- 
version of rock but i think my you know that that inner genre of fighting is just like guys really you know mm. what why why do you need to feel why do you feel the need to be an elitist prick and then there's no. the slam police oh my god yeah it's like i'm sorry but that's not slam that is slamming brutal death metal and it's like mm. you know what go hide in the corner i'm not talking with you i love the genre that nickelback is in and I liked Nickelback when it was out. It's just now I can't stop hearing the drums. But you give me some Shine Down, you give me some Stone Sour, you give me some Three Days Grace. I'm all over that shit. You know what I mean? That's my kind of music. That's what when I when I have my playlist metal music I like. Those are the bands that are in it. You know. See, and for me, that stuff even when I was younger was it was boring to me. Like it just it just didn't like you keep just waiting for something and it's just like uh it's like the worst version of edging but more like sounding right but i'm a, I'm a lyric guy and there's there's these great lyrics in these songs it's like they had a great lyric idea and then built a whole song around that one moment you know mm. and it's you could tell they started at the chorus with this i don't want to live waste another day and then they're like well how do we make that a whole song you know <laughs> Oh, you know, it, 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 that's that's the that's just the fun of making music, though. It's like it sometimes you start out with some words, sometimes you start out with a guitar part or a drum beat, oh. yeah, or a bass line, or you know, you think about another one bites the dust, and you know, it's it's not the most complicated bass line in the history of bass lines, but that's what makes but it popular. God damn, is it could? <laughs> yeah, and you can recognize it in two notes, doo doo. You know, and you're done, like, oh yeah, I know I'm like, is. I know that that is. <laughs> and that whole album, by the way, is just it. it don't try suicide, uh, save me, dragon attack. That is a great album. I'll put that play the game against any album out there in history. Mm. I mean, there there's some there are some amazing pieces of work out there mm. that it's just like, or. Uh, the first yes album for me is like oh my God, mind yeah. blowing billy squire i was turned on to billy squire and i the guy across the street owned every yes album and made me listen to every yes album he's like you can't go on not listening to fragile you can't go on in life not knowing this music exists you know right and then uh you know the that's it, the profound impact that music has on people like my mom said you know she remembers in in 78 when you know buddy of hers showed up in his you know classic muscle car at the time mm -hmm. and just had van halen and said you guys have to listen to this right and it was just like nothing they had ever heard my mom said she was just absolutely blown away by it and i was like yep you know it's it's those moments in music that are always so exciting yeah like i, I lost hear my, something i lost my virginity to back in the saddle by aerosmith you know it's yeah. those happy moments in your life the music that's playing is suddenly that happy song in your life Right. You know, it's it, music is such a powerful thing, like in terms of, you know, helping keep you alive or helping keep yeah. you sane or keep you calm or get you pumped up. I mean, even just like studies have shown, you know, on the metal side of things, people who listen to like extreme metal, mm -hmm. not very violent people, turns out. Turns out we really? get our energy and our anger out through music. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and listening to the music. You know what I thought was cool? The two moments I thought were really cool in history were Anthrax playing with Public Enemy. Oh, that was 
wow. and Lincoln Park playing with Jay Z. Oh, you know the. You think about Anthrax, Public Enemy. That was, that was a moment that you you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd we'd kind of been prepared for stuff like that because you had Run DMC sample right. Aerosmith. Yep. But here you just had this all-out sonic assault and rap and metal mixed together in a way that, like, it woke up a lot of things for a lot of people. I mean, that's how you yeah. end up with the whole new metal scene. But yeah, you didn't need to be a singer if you wanted to be in metal. You could just rap, you know. And you didn't even have to rap. You didn't have to have a flow. You could scream rap, which is part of what I loved, you know. Yeah, and and on top of that, you know, you think about the poignancy of Public Enemy mm-hmm. at the time. And, you know, that pure raw aggression that is metal, to me, that paves the way for one of the bands that I absolutely love, Body Count. Body Count. Wow. I don't, I haven't remembered them in years. Dude, they've got, they've got a bunch of new stuff out. I thought you were going to say Beastie Boys, but did they, do they? Oh yeah, dude. They, They, I think they started releasing albums again in 2014 wow and so they've released three new albums since then okay. and i mean they are they are just absolute shit kickers i you know who i liked was um what i cannot i had it until i it's prophets of rage mm-hmm. with um i I can't it's oh i get the, the guy get, it had it had i think uh the guy from cypress hill thank you okay um be real and right. and had, uh one other person man i had it until i said that name out loud because <laughs> yeah not, yeah anyway did it but, have did it have chuck d from run dmc no i, I can't remember who it was now there was but, a, there was somebody else and then of course the the guys from the the band from rage rage against the machine that's the name i was trying to think i'm going profits of rage it's like the combination of the two nobody liked them but i kind of i i bought the album i dig i dug it yeah it was you know i it's it's that it's that weird combo of it's like you know trying to trying to pick up where rage against the machine left off Mm -hmm. but also try to do something new you know for me you know i think that's why i at least enjoyed audio slave was is that yeah they picked up chris cornell but it was something that was entirely different than right, rage. And, right. you know, that was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, what are these guys' viability as actual musicians? Mm-hmm. It turns out fantastic musicians. Totally. And that reminds me of hair of the dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, great just a great super group like the wilberries to me it was like the re-emergence of the wilberries just with grunge and i loved it oh man yeah (laughs) we could we could keep going down the music rabbit hole all day i love it i so i don't know uh i have notes here like Ooh. we could talk, we could talk about the notes, or I could tell you my John Wick theory because I just watched part two again. Ooh, you got a John Wick theory? Let's hear it. Yeah. All right, and I, I just came up with it last night while I was stoned on my couch watching John Wick two after watching John Wick one. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The weird thing is, is I watched them when they came out, and I didn't like John Wick two, but watching it now again, I love it. Like mm-hmm. it's really, it's really great. But here's my theory. <laughs> so. 
the matrix, right? Mm -hmm. The matrix was Neo collecting the leaders of the resistance to a point, right? And then disappearing. He was just a program. He wasn't a real boy, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens to Neo after the matrix? He's put back in the matrix, right? And becomes John Wick. Interesting theory. Interesting theory. I just, I mean, I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but I was noticing the colors of the bo- both of the movies and mm-hmm. there's the, they, the, the lighting, the color it's, it's like similar in its production. Mm-hmm. The only reason I would say that that's uh, that, it, that that wouldn't necessarily be the case is because you have Neo who is capable of bending the matrix to his will and when John Wick and John Wick who can't. Well, yeah, that's just it. It's putting Neo back at zero before he's even a hacker. Like, let's just get him in there, give him a new life, and he'll forget what he knows because he's a program. Let's start him back up again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and this is what they where they dumped him. Now he's not a hacker named Neo. Now he's just a killer named John Wick. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's fun to think about that stuff. Obviously, it's not true. Right. Just watching it in that in that in that order. I just kind of want to watch them all six of them now and see what happens. Hmm. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for the fourth one to come out. The fourth I, I, John Wick. I really like the John Wicks, and I can't figure out why. I think it's because of the born identity kind of thing with the camera angle, the cameras moving, and the realism in the fighting and. You know what I mean? It's more gritty than it is the production it's, of old fights, you know? Well, I think it's I think it's that combination of the born identity level of, of violence. Mm-hmm. You have um let's see here, so so born identity and almost like a comic book uh level of superhuman feet to this guy. Right. I mean, dude is literally surviving getting shot multiple times and in <laughs> getting his ass handed to him and he's like you know yeah just managing to pick it up but then also too like this this crazy spinning storyline of you know this this borderline realism of you know the under the underground assassination uh game that we all know exists it doesn't look like that obviously but does it i don't know i have no idea yeah, I, I, I mean, would it make for interesting television? Yeah, does Maybe. that how it does that how it work? Is that how it works? Now, if if you're causing a scene, you're not very good at assassinations. That's kind of the thing. That's true. I'll I'll just chalk it up to um, the movie industry trying to recreate the mob scenario, just in a different way. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> The table of the table of the in guys, you know what I mean, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, it, to me, it's just a it's a fantastic fantasy realm, yeah. and I think that it's it's incredible what yeah. they do with it. So, I agree. All right. So let's get to it. Let's get to a topic then. That was easy. Let's get to a topic. Let's see what I got here. So a quick take. What's your uh man, Jeffrey? You went oh. to the shooting range last week, right? Yep. So yep. I, I'm kind of curious on what your take is on the gun violence and death. This is a rough one. Um, yeah. I know. Because 
you have there are multiple issues at hand here and everybody seems to think that there's just one Mm, that if you if you fix if you take away the guns that this is magically going to be all better and um maybe that's maybe part of it but Mm. i mean it's, it's one of those things that you know guns are a tool and the question really becomes you know how are people getting the tool the reality is, is is that there there are times in history where we know that people can do things on a mass scale that don't involve a gun it's just that yeah. getting a gun happens to be one of the well easier ways that most people think of but to me here's the fault in in the republican logic the fault in the republican logic is is that is you offer up thoughts and prayers in order to do nothing and call it a mental health issue. Okay. Of course. And then you cut funding for mental health issues and uh, proceed to just keep offering more thoughts and prayers while cutting mental health funding. And you talk a big game about how, you know, you, you obviously don't want people with mental health issues getting their hands on guns. But once again, we're not going to do anything about that we're just going to blame mental health and, you know, hope that magically it gets better. Mm. And the reality of that situation is, is that at some point you're going to see uh, a major shift in how this gets handled. The left has done what I figured the left would do and, you know, start to engage different gun laws that some of them do not make a goddamn bit of sense. Right. Um, like, like you think that uh, a, a brace on a pistol is is the problem here? Um, no, no. I, that's that's a real cute idea, but no, that's not it. You had you had more of an argument back in 2017 with bump stocks because there you're taking a semi-automatic and doing what you can to turn it into a relatively functional automatic. It's mm-hmm. not it's not necessarily accurate and it's not doesn't necessarily work, but we saw the application on grand scale. Sure, but somebody also just to make a new bump stock. No, that's that, and that's just it. Everybody can figure out how to make a, and that's the thing is that you can bump fire any semi-automatic. Like I know people who can take a semi-automatic pistol and bump fire it in such a way that it basically just, you know, you put a large enough capacity round in there and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it sounds like a submachine gun, even though it's technically individual trigger pulls. Sure. I mean, you can even 3D print a gun, you know what I mean? Yeah, but 3D printed guns are more likely to blow up on you than they are to actually kill somebody. So until and, until, until they figure it out, right? Which they which they will do. Like uh, it's that oh, stupid. Yeah. It's that stupid thing. It's not guns that kill people. It's people that kill people. So why are you addressing the gun? If that's the Republican slogan. So why why address the gun when you should be addressing? It's unique that we both came to the same spot. Right. It's mental health. So, so you have, you have the, you know, if we, if we address the gun, then we, then we don't have to worry about the people. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. 
you know, because here's babysitting, the thing. babysitting people is easier than educating them. Well, here's the thing is, is that you have to have the argument and, and this one gets brought up time and again as, you know, yes, <laughs> the gun is only a tool in killing people. We know, mm-hmm. we know for a fact that people have leveled building with vans filled with, uh, fertilizer bombs Uh, or people who have you know sealed off the exits of buildings and you know molotov cocktailed a a club sure the the reality is 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 that when it comes to the mental health side you know the the gun is the gun is an issue yes in terms of the tool but you're not addressing the root cause if it is mental health and this is where i think that if you're going to call it a mental health issue, then you need to allow the CDC to truly investigate it as a mental health issue. Yeah. Because uh, doc- Dr. Fauci was just asked this today. So oh, that's interesting. So, so here's, but here's what happens. Let's say for the sake of argument that the CDC is allowed to investigate it and the CDC does what the CDC does best. Let's say that they, for argument's sake, determine that it's a mental health issue. Okay, great. The the root cause of gun violence is mental health. Okay, that means that you're not going to solve gun violence simply by taking away guns because you still have the violent individual. Yeah, and but now you're also generalizing mental health into tying it to well, gun violence. And we'll that, get there. We'll get there. I hope. We'll get there. We have to start simple because there's a lot of things that go into this, but mm-hmm. we have, we just have to break it down to the very simple. True. So if mental health, so, so if mental health is the root cause of gun violence, like the right wants to claim. It has to be though. It has to be a root cause. I wouldn't disagree. Um, so it, it doesn't make sense to take away the tool because if we know anything about a toolbox is that there are multiple tools that someone can use to enact violence. You have to deal with the, the, the behavior at hand. So what does that mean? That means that number one, yeah, if you're going to call it a mental health issue and the CDC calls it a mental health issue, then you would have to direct funding towards mental health, something the Republicans keep cutting. Yeah. Which, okay, not a very good game on their part. But it is, it's their philosophy. Well, it's, that's exactly it. And then, but, but but then you have the bigger issue at hand is, is that if you're going to say that it's a mental health issue, that means that you have to have a way of determining what people with mental health issues should not have access to a gun. That means that you have to have a national system in place in order to put people on that register of prohibited possessors. Okay. And guess what? the only way that you're going to get prohibited possessors from acquiring guns legally, legally. as we, as we Not saw with FedEx, right. as we saw with the, the, the recent shooting at the, at the FedEx location. Right. If you're going to prohibit, get, uh, keep prohibited possessors from getting guns legally, that means that you have to mandate background checks on every purchase. Right. So, and, as, and the right has flat out said that they would not support anything like that. So basically what it boils down to is talk a big game. So that way in the end, you can do nothing. It's a circular logic of thoughts and prayers. Say it's a mental health issue, cut mental health funding. Don't mm-hmm. support 
any type of registry that would identify people that are experiencing mental health issues that should be prohibited possessors right. do not support background checks. So that way people with, you know, people that they deem as having mental health issues can get guns legally create mass shootings and then thoughts and prayers and blah, 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 blah. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle that will never break. And that's the right. Republican logic in it. But before everything you just mentioned, I think for the safety of everybody, a, a consensus on what a mental health issue is should be defined first. And then once we define <clears throat> mental health issues, then we don't like what you said. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, so that we don't wrap LGBT into mm -hmm. a mental health in Georgia or being black and angry isn't suddenly a mental health issue or being autistic isn't a mental health issue that causes you to get shot. And the other thing is mm. you need, you need to find a way for these people to get out of that. Like mm. you have in the system, you have to build a risk reward. If you do this, you're going to be punished. But if you repent and recover, there's an option for you. You can't just shove somebody in a hole and say, that's it. You're not getting out because then they will go buy a ghost gun because they have no option of pursuing legal means. You know what I mean? And that's, and, 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 and that's the biggest issue is that, well, the two biggest issues there are number one, um, like you said, the classification of what a mental health issue is, yeah. you know, in, in, the, in the case of the guy who ended up, shooting up that FedEx location, his mom had reported him as trying to commit suicide by cop a year prior. Wow, you just fell right into my take on it. So anyway. So so I mean so you have this what is clearly a bona fide, you know, mental health issue. Right. In in this case. So oh, totally. I can't I can't speak for all of them because sometimes people are just angry and and they want to see the world burn. That's and that's true. There, there is that there is. And that is a mental health issue. So yeah. is just by the way, so is being so optimistic that you're blinded to everything else. I'm not just saying angry people. I'm saying that all everybody has a gray area, but what gray area falls into you don't get a gun now, or Hey, even you don't get a car now. You know what I mean? Like you're dangerous, but you don't always have to be dangerous. You know, what that's, I mean? and that's, so you have, so you have this, this great issue of this weird search circular logic. And unfortunately the more cases that crop up of people who should have been clearly in a system that would have flagged them from getting a legal gun right is going to weaken the Repub the republican argument that it's a mental health issue and and that that whole circle of where we can't do anything and we're not going to do anything because eventually people are going to pass something and then they're going to do what the right the left is going to do and they're going to pass some really stupid laws that don't make any sense That's and true. and then when the left is out of power the right is going to enforce them in really stupid ways and that's just about how it goes with with these yeah. two parties well, it's like yeah. don't do anything do something really extreme yet really stupid and then allow the other party to enforce it in really extreme and really stupid ways 
Well, it's stupid to imagine that Big Daddy Fed is going to come in and make all the, everything better. What it what it what it means is by community by community, they should be designing laws and ordinances that prevent these things at the local level until it metastasizes into a full fledged thing across the country. We can't just we can't we got to keep think we got to stop thinking that like Joe if Joe Biden hears us, my answers will be solved. When you could talk to your mayor, what I did. My friend put up something that said, stop killing black people. And so what I did was I made a tweet and I said, dear mayor, if one more black person dies under your watch again, not only will I not support you, I will support reasonable alternatives. And I tagged my mayor and I told all my friends and 6,000 people on Twitter about it. I'm still the only person. So there's ways to talk about it, but you want to talk to Joe Biden when you should be talking to John Daly. And mm-hmm. that's the issue I have with all of this stuff. But anyway, I'm sorry. I No, the, it's that's I mean, the problem that is, is they don't, going they to don't come want, up. They don't want it fixed. That's my point, because then mm-hmm. they couldn't complain about it and they couldn't raise money off of it. And, you know, and that's uh, and these scare tactics are just absolutely insane. You know, mm-hmm. it's. <sighs> the the inaction is killing people Mm -hmm. and the and and i do believe that there's a giant mental health gap that has to get filled yeah you know we we don't have problems taking guns away from certain groups of people we shouldn't be though and and that's and that's the thing you know if if you know somebody is is violent and an imminent threat to yes you know we've had no problems doing that it's just that usually there's an action that happens first right. but but in the case of in the case of something like this where you know or or even parkland where the guy had been in trouble you know been in contact with the cops right. you know tens of times mm-hmm. and then suddenly we're all shocked and surprised that this happens yeah uh this this is where it gets real tough like i said this this is an issue this is an issue in our country that is is a difficult topic it's not difficult in other countries because they don't have you know the right to bear arms well they also don't have the right to bear arms as part of their general constitution we don't either but what the thing is is i saw a dad one day on tv after a school shooting he handed over his AR-15 to the police and he said, I can trust myself, but I can't, I can't necessarily trust my children. And I thought that was so wise to admit that he didn't know his child well enough to be able to have a gun in his house. And I told my brother-in-law, you keep your gun locked up. He's from the Iraq war. And he said, I do. I said, because what worries me isn't that you, you, I know you can trust my niece. I know you can trust your children, but can you trust your children's friends? And so that's where it comes down to is that you gun owners, they just leave them all over the place. Like they can trust their family and maybe you can, but you don't, you can't possibly trust everybody that's coming in and around those weapons. And it's like this lack of shit. It's like, it's this lack of accountability. Like, Oh shit. I don't know how that happened. You left it out and your kid had a friend over and well, you actually just saw this here last week, I think as well. Some 11 year old kid found their mom's gun and shot their sister or something like that. Right. And so it comes down to accountability. Don't do, don't ask the government to get in, 
your rights. Pre- prevent that by being accountable before that happens. Mm-hmm. I told Adam and Sean what gun owners need to do is get together and not be an NRA, but you need to draft a policy in one gun center and say, what do you guys think of this? And then what do you think until gun owners come up with reasonable stuff and hold themselves accountable to it, your own gun constitution, what gun owners feel is right. And then don't stray from that. Don't accept the NRA promoting it one way or mom's demand action uh, promoting it the other way, because just, just, Protect yourself before the government comes in and takes your rights away. And it's so obvious to me at a community level that this needs to be addressed, but nobody wants to. They all think the Fed is the end all and be all, and they cry when it doesn't happen, and they get happy when it does. But they're not listening. There's no federal employee that calls you on the phone and says, hey, how are you doing? What's the issue on your mind? You know, they don't do that. They guess. They listen to the strongest and loudest voice, which is the person that has raised the most money. And that person has raised the most money because they found an angle that attracts other people. But that doesn't mean it's the right angle or the only angle. There's a lot of angles to it, but it starts at a community level. Well, and, and, and one of the things that you mentioned, I mean, we do have, you know, the four firearms rules of, you know, of, of gun safety. I mean, that's something that is taught universally across the country. And once again, what it boils down to is, is still the, the issue of whether or not certain people are allowed access to those guns. And well, that's, here's... and that's the tough part is because most most gun owners are going to fall on the shall not infringe portion of the constitution yeah not the well regulated militia portion of this but most of them are reasonable gun owners that's the thing is most most people most people who own guns are reasonable gun owners but here's my question then if you have those four rules and you're at a gun range and you see somebody not following those rules what are the re- what's the recourse Oh, I can tell you that easily. Okay. Uh, from so from my perspective as a firearms instructor, first off is a warning. We tell you, hey, keep your shit pointed downrange. Reeducate. Reeducation. Yep. Reeducate. You know, watch watch them. Make sure that they're handling their guns safe safely until you feel comfortable saying that they do. Right. Okay. I like that. If the behavior continues to happen then they get kicked off the range for the day. Okay. And, and uh, depending on the rules of, of the range, because every range has its own rules in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes that means immediate revocation of access to the range. Um, sometimes it means that you're just done for the day or done for a week or a month or whatever. That's a gray area. I got it like that. It's, but, but in terms of, you know, we can't take their guns away. No, of course unless, not. Unless, unless they are willfully being an active threat to the members on the range. Right. Well, yeah. And, and there that's, should be that's some a different... Way, there yeah. should, the, the range should have a reporting process when they kick somebody off the range to have to report the where's and why's just so we can collect that data. You know what I mean? So, so that's... And that's where this gets interesting and tough because my question to you then becomes... You know, does as a data person, does that actually translate into reasonable, actionable 
information because from a data perspective, somebody who's just learning how to use their firearm mm-hmm. and is flagging the range usually is not someone that you're going to be putting onto a list of potential uh, potential people that could cause a mass casualty incident. Of course not. They're a moron <laughs> for not paying attention, but they're not yes. somebody, they're not somebody that you would immediately deem as a threat to society. And that's the difference. So like, I understand like that, that want and desire to collect that information. Now, well, I mean, to, now, gener- if you to have... generate rules around it, you know what I mean. We still pe- we pull people over for broken taillights. That doesn't mean they're we're they're getting the death penalty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it does if you're black, unfortunately. Ooh, I'm not going to segue. I like the conversation we're in right now. So, but if you had somebody who was willfully flagging the range and threatening people. Then absolutely. And and unfortunately, I don't think that there's anything that the range can do about it. I think that becomes an issue for law enforcement because yeah. that, then, then instead of somebody who's just, you know, n- not handling a firearm safe, uh, safely, now you move quickly into brandishing. And that has laws in and of itself around the country. But I think if you we're, – we're talking about early – definitions of this problem mm-hmm. and that's one of the things i if you if you just got your gun you went through the classes and then you're going with an instructor or a friend to further learn your education and the gun process you're not some guy that bought an ar-15 because they're popular and you're taking your girlfriend out to scatter rounds you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so I, all i'm saying is we gotta there needs to be a reporting process to say hey this guy should be like if there, if more things appear on him, then pay attention to that because Dylan Ruth, his, his mom drove him to Milwaukee with his gun when all she had to do was slap him in the face, take his gun away and oh, say, go no, shut up. You know, <laughs> no, that was, that was Kyle Rittenhouse. Dylan Kyle Ruth was Rittenhouse. the, that was the, that was the Dylan Roof was the, uh, South Carolina Southern Baptist Church. That's right. I get them all confused. Sorry. They it's, all look it's all a mess. They all look white to me, Jeffrey. <laughs> Certainly most of them are. That's for so sure. I yeah, my my take was simply that suicides are the the largest factor of gun deaths. And mm. what you what you said earlier was um mass shootings are just a self-aggrandizing selfish attempt at suicide with attention and so to 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 clear all of that up we need to address mental health and make that free and noom has a commercial that says oh you know mental health for everybody not for everybody not for people that can't afford it noom until it's free and somebody can just call and talk for four hours instead of grabbing their gun and trying to show that they're valid, you know, because we need people to understand that the thoughts they're having are valid. It's just, it, there's a, there's a, you took four facts and forgot the fifth, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you got to consider it. You just got to consider it that way. And that's how every argument seems to be. I have a fact I'm running with that, even though the four facts that I'm running from counter my fucking fact, you know? Right. And, and <laughs> you know, and that the reason why this is all so tricky is, is that like, I can see why both sides want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. while both sides are, are continuously failing to address what, is most likely a root cause issue. Yeah. And, and 
unfortunately, until they both agree to address the root cause issue or, or find the root cause issue, you know, I would say by letting the CDC study it, mm-hmm. this isn't go. This is just going to continue the way that it is. And you can ban whatever you want that doesn't, you know, all you're going to do is create a black market for, you know, yeah. <laughs> guns that are easy to acquire. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a way of, it's, it's a way of, patting ourselves on the back while doing absolutely nothing <laughs> which is what the government is really good at and then well, taking your money yeah and we're really good at creating groups to advocate for us so we don't have to at the local level we can just donate to uh the nra or mom's demand action and oh, call God. it a day Fuck call NRA. it a day you know uh, i call it click share activism but and i oh, got no, i got in a lot of trouble for saying that <laughs> but that's you know <laughs> click share activism is a real problem though because everybody yeah. it's it's no different for me than the people who put those fucking signs out on their yard that in this house we believe okay right. well great what are you what are you doing outside of your house right. i don't give a shit about what you do in your house the question is is are you actually doing things outside of your house right. that re- that make those things real and i and to me it's about being genuine to your struggle like I'm not out there screaming to stop killing black people because it sounds disingenuous. If you ask, I will tell you to stop doing that. But honestly, and I'm sorry for bringing that up. It's just, it's a post and it's the same thing with trans rights. It's the same thing with LGBT rights. It's I'm going to target and I'm seeing it's uh, I'm seeing a a t-shirt. That's the latest, the latest activist point. And I'm just repeating that. What I think is, it me i'm disabled so guess who i'm talking to i'm talking to candidates and saying why aren't you talking about disability rights and the truth is is there's an intersectionality between between black rights and disabled rights jacob blake is paralyzed you didn't stop advocating for him but now i also advocate for him because he's disabled and black and there's an mm-hmm. intersectionality there and that's the thing you can tell me i put this on tiktok and i was so, i didn't know if i should put it cuz i thought i was going to get some major flack but what i said was you can tell me i don't need to be an advocate for you because of the color of my skin but i don't need you to be disabled to be one of my advocates and that's honestly how i feel about it and i i understand that people don't want their message diluted by incorporating a coalition but that's not how it works there's 44 million black people 49 million disabled people if we realized that if we fought for each other's rights we would accomplish everything and we're 100 million people and that's and and really you know that's one of the things about it is is that like you said you know, you don't have to be disabled to be an advocate for people right. with disabilities and you don't have to be black in order to advocate for black voices to be heard. Right. And that's the thing is, is that you can be there to be part of the, the amplification process without taking it yeah. over. Yes. It's like, and that's, and that's just it is there's nothing that I'm going to say that is going to be any more informative about people with disabilities than 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 what you would have to say kind of like kind of like as a white dude there's nothing that i'm going to say that is going to be any sort of a catalyst for people with black to be you know people that are black to be heard and and right but knowing that there are numbers behind that message is what's important Mm -hmm. and in a way you know 
being making things uh, visible is important. It is. But at the end of it, if all you're willing to do is, you know, click share, that's not that that doesn't that doesn't do much especially when you think about what social media is social media is typically a sounding board of people who already agree with you that's my point thank you and it's cool you can be like yeah i believe trans rights matters but if all of your friends already believe that you know what what are you actually accomplishing other than circle jerking yourself in front of your friends that's that's you got to be you got to be out there doing things that support trans rights you've got to be out there doing things that support black people you've got to be doing things out in public that support people with disabilities if you're if your social media is just a sounding board all you're doing is just making yourself feel better for doing nothing right but there's a thing like white people want to know what to do and i i can tell you exactly what to do your role your role isn't to prove to black people that you're fighting for them if they never see what you do that is that's not only important it's imperative what you need to be doing is telling your white friends in the way that they can understand that it's wrong and you do that when you come across somebody. You don't fight with a black person that you're a better advocate. You fight with a white person to be better because they're embarrassing you. The black mm-hmm. person is is fighting for their rights and you can support them. But when the when the time comes that you need to address somebody, address a white person, not a black person. And That's- give and give black people a little space to be angry. If they're, right. if, they're, if they're mad at you and they're generalizing and saying all white people or all white women or all white men, just, just accept that. Just, just accept that because they're angry and they have every right to be because they, they need to be. You know what I mean? As a, as a friend of mine says, collect your own. And that's yeah. exactly it is, is that, you know, when you're around other white people as a white person and they're saying some stupid racist shit. Yeah. collect your own be like right. mm, no 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 no. <laughs> you know collect your own yeah and, but we, and... we want to prove to the people that we're helping them but we're we're that's all you're doing is yeah. you're going hey black people look i posted and they're like what i'm I, like i'm out here getting pelleted by like tear gas but no thank right. you for the post you know? <laughs> right right you know and that was like you know that was like you know five years ago when everybody was turning their Facebook into a check-in at Standing Rock. And I'm like, right. It's like, we're going to confuse the cops. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) But but I also want to say this because it's important if somebody's listening. This isn't about any specific person. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook a lot. Facebook are my friends. And I don't see your entire life. I see Facebook life, right? So Mm -hmm. you might be out there protesting with people. You might might be confronting a racist at a gas station and and just not talking about it because Mm -hmm. that's the thing to do. I don't know that. And I'm not judging you for posting on Facebook. What I think you did was cool. I, what I think you need to be genuine to your struggle and, and figure out how to explain how your struggle incorporates with other people's struggles. Like I did with Jacob Blake, the intersectionality, you say, Hey, black people, guess what? I'm, I'm a trans person and I'm being treated this way. And so 
are black trans people and you need to unite that coalition like that, but stay true to your struggle. You can't just randomly take pot shots at different things waiting for something to stick. You need to, you need to fight and be true consistently. I don't like telling everybody I'm blind and disabled because I get dismissed in a lot of areas for it, but I'm consistent with it and I'm starting to get traction. So so <laughs> and, that's, was, and that's just it is, is that you know the message the message gains traction the more support that you get number one but the mm. more that people just actively go out and try to amplify your voice or show that there are numbers behind you know numbers and support behind your position yeah you know that's the, the that's the difference between you know bitching and having a legitimate grievance about what is happening is is that anybody can bitch but when you have a legitimate grievance about the treatment about the Mm -hmm. environment about anything going on whatsoever right you know you have to get you know unfortunately this is something that's been forgotten in the current political corrupt you have to get support across the entire board you need a consensus. Yeah. You need 70% of the people to believe that. Yes. What you're saying is, is so ridiculously obvious that it should be taken care of. Right. And that's, and, and that's the unfortunate part about this is, is that there are groups of people that are not going to see those things as clearly as you would like them to. And until no. it suddenly affects them personally, Damn. as, as I've seen, tons of times it's you know you see people that you know call lgbtq a choice until suddenly their kid is lgbtq and then suddenly it's lgbt writes this and lgbt writes that and it's like ooh, that stings or or someone who didn't care about people being disabled until suddenly they're in an accident and now they're not Mm -hmm. walking again for the rest of their life and suddenly it's well why don't they do this and why don't they do that and it's like Bitch, I watch yeah. you make fun of people who are stuck in a wheelchair. What the <laughs> hell are you on? Right. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the place and I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things about it's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take it and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. You wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. 
Apple Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Podable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.